You're listening to the Live Out Loud podcast with River Wynn and Michelle Flamer. Good morning, River. Good morning, Michelle. <laughs> um, cheers, sweet love. Cheers to that coffee. Ching, ching. Um, I am not normally a pumpkin latte girl, but I tried this new coffee place near uh, my house. Well, it's been there for a bit and I kept wanting to like go try mm. it. It's Vita. And I believe they're out of Seattle, but um, I got their fresh pumpkin so that it's like pumpkin puree and not very sweet. So it just has like that little hint of nutmeg in it. And it's very delicious this morning after the gym and yeah, it's really yummy. A little more savory, savory than It's delicious. What are you drinking over there? What's your coffee? I make most of my coffee at home because I have an espresso machine. And so I made myself an espresso with some oat milk foam and it's delicious. Yum. I have been kind of looking at espresso machines because during the day, I actually do like a nice espresso. Like it doesn't make me rattled or, you know, it's just not like drinking a big old cup of coffee. Sometimes you just want to like sip a little something or, you know, uh, I, I like making fresh whipped cream and doing like a dopio campana, which is just mm. cream over espresso or, or espresso over the whipped cream um, and like a little cinnamon or something. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of evaluating that's a real, like, that's a real decision going on in my head right now. With the world collapsing around us on the morning. I, I was just going to say, this is a first world problem right now. This is literally <laughs> like the dumbest problem. It's not even a problem. It's not I, even a problem. No, I'm, I'm just saying like, like, I'm just, I'm just, consider, I'm just considering it. And I feel, I know, I know I'm very grateful and it's a luxury to have like to have that thought, like, do I still want the coffee machine I have, or do I want to like change something up? But I don't know. Coffee for me is like an important part. It's like a, it's a ritual for me. It's not like I don't drink it all day long. Like it well, like I savor that first or maybe, maybe that second cup and, you know, on a, on a very rare day. So, and I will say, I think that in light of everything going on in the world right now, you know, everything that's going on in Palestine and other places, which is so heavy right now. And a lot of us are sitting with so much grief Mm -hmm. for that. Um, I think it's also heightening for a lot of us, the things that we maybe take for granted. Like the sweet, like the tiniest little pleasures that we take for granted. The tiniest little pleasures that um, we we just take so deeply for granted. And we assume that they will always be there, but um just like our life, the little pleasures are not a given. And so I know for me this week, I am, especially this weekend with all the news and all the heavy, Mm -hmm. I am just trying to sit with it, but also lean into the little pieces of my life that I take for granted and the people I take for granted um, and, and find a lot of gratitude that I don't I don't feel like you're someone that takes people for granted though I could see like you being so busy in your day-to-day that you might take those little like these little sweet quiet moments without the kids around for granted but I don't ever feel like you ever take anybody in your life for granted I don't necessarily feel like I do either and and I think that might be like a product of 
growing up in trauma yeah. <laughs> and losing so many people in my life that like the the people in my life were very close and dear to me but mm-hmm. I think even within that there are times where it's so easy to go a couple of weeks without talking to someone that you care about or love mm-hmm. or checking in with them or um taking time out of your busyness to make sure you're connecting with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely guilty of that. You know, I'll go weeks without <laughs> reaching out to someone who's really important to me and um, not out of intentionality of, of ignoring them, but just life gets busy. And so trying to sit back and, and look at everything that's going on and think, okay, how could I be more intentional about connecting with the people I love? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do that. My brother is a my brother Kenny. He definitely, anytime he he is recognizing that we are losing like another elder in our family, um, he always has mentioned like literally at every memorial service over the last four you know thirty forty years he will come up to me like clockwork at the end, like before we're all kind of kissing each other and saying goodbye and like to the family that I am just so good about staying connected to all of our elders, especially like I just have my, I have my mom, I have my stepmom, and then I have my aunt and uncle and my dad, my dad's brother and, and my, and his sister-in-law who I'm still very close with as well as my cousins. But um, we all have the same time and hours in the day is what I tell him. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything different other than acting upon. I think about them. And instead of just thinking about them, I'll text them or I will call them to mm-hmm. tell them I'm thinking about them. Mm-hmm. So I think um, you're so good with your nudges. I think when you get that little nudge, like, all of a sudden, one of those lovely people in your life that you may not have connected with in a while, the minute you think of them, if you even just send them a quick text, you've done that. Like you, and it's, it still doesn't take out anything in your day. You can still, or you're just texting saying, Hey, let's jump on a call this weekend type of thing and just setting it up. So I think I, I, I always found it interesting that he really, um, he always made a point to tell me that. And I'm like, well, if you know that, then this is all you have to, this is all I do. Like, I just, I just gave away all my secrets right in that moment. It's like, yeah, about them. I either text them to say, I'm thinking about them or I text them to say, Hey, when can we talk? Like set up. Yeah. You know, I will share the, the, the sweetest thing. Um, so well, twofold. One of my, I found out recently, one of my parents um, has um, early onset dementia. And so my family were kind of dealing with that and, you know, looking towards the future of what that's going to entail for our family and uh, the grandkids and everything. And so we try to be very intentional about spending more time together as a family to make those memories. And um, I was kind of chatting about it with my daughter and, and she and I talk frequently and and she's often an initiator in this conversation she will mm. ask what were um her great grandparents like like my grandmothers and grandfathers and she's very curious about them and likes likes to see photos of them and we've had many conversations where she tells me that she speaks with them and that my grandmothers especially my 
maternal grandmother that I was very close to, who my daughter is also named after, um, that she speaks with her grandmother. And at first I was like, you know, I I believe in that. I I mean, I've spoken with my grandmother. I've had messages come through in my readings and things like that. And, um, but to hear that she was connecting with my daughter was just so beautiful. And, And this week, my daughter, um, because I don't hold things back from my kids, um, especially with what's going on in the world. They've seen me grieving this week and they're asking, you know, why are you sad? And they feel it. And I don't, you know, show them photos of what's happening or anything like that. But I'm telling them, like, there's a war going on. A lot of innocent people are being killed. It's, you know, this is what's happening. And my daughter said the sweetest thing as we're approaching um, Halloween and our local community art center does a um, community ofrenda every year. Mm. Um uh, for Dia de los Muertos. And my daughter asked me, she said, can we set up an ofrenda in our house for our grandparents and for all the people who are passing away right now? And she's so tender and sensitive to it. It mm-hmm. just made me really realize like how important it is to pass on to our children that the most important thing we'll have in life next to our own relationship to ourselves, is the relationship we have with the ones that we love. And that whether that's your blood family that you're you still get get to be connected with or it's your chosen family your soul family those are the most important people in life what a beautiful moment for you to have with this this little being of yours that and 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 also you know in my thought process I was thinking oh the manifester in you is already designing this whole thing and then your little generator is going to help like create. she's a manifester what so i my my daughter's a manifester and no i know i was saying but your little generator your little dude is going to help like bring it to life too oh yeah he so i have i've always had some form of an altar in my house so i have an altar in my living room space that my kids participate with so we have um, because I'm a practicing SGI Buddhist, we have our Gohanzan in there. Um, it's the space where we chant, and it's where we coll- we put all the rocks and crystals that we collect and feathers. And um, I have a very beautiful skull that I was given, an animal skull that someone um, created some artwork on and gave to me. And so we just have this beautiful altar, and my kids will will all the time add things to it and I'll find it like my daughter has taken my photos of my grandmother's from my room and put them on the altar space oh, I love that it's and every time we go on a trip my son collects pine cones and rocks and crystals like he he's obsessed with them he's a little earth boy little earth energy of Virgo he loves crystals and so the crystals on my altar are always coming and going because he collects them and puts them there. And then he takes one when he needs one. And, and, and he's five. He's five. And he knows that these are tools for him to use. And oh, cool. uh, it's just such a cool part of our our home. Yeah. And I love that they're it's involved heart. with that. It's literally the heart of your home. Mm-hmm. And because we've created it together. Yeah. I love I love SGI, by the way. I have my Gohansen as well. I just haven't. I need to hang uh, the part a uh, part the parts up um because I used to have it in a little like with little doors on it mm-hmm. and um but I have a different space now for it all but it's fun it's just a beautiful it's just so nice to have a space at all where you feel connected to yeah. it in that spiritual realm even though I feel like nowadays because 
thanks to Angela and thanks to Sedona, like, you know, wearing, you know, wearing our, you know, our stones with us. And I've just never had like a collection that I have now. It's so fascinating over this last year of sort of year and a half or whatever that it is um, that I know you have like an amazing collection of bracelets, but I'm just starting out my collection and it's uh it's really cool. I, I do need to do a, a better job of understanding uh, each stone a little bit better. So I know what I'm wearing <laughs> manifesting with. Oh my Lord. Like it was so cute. My son and I were talking about crystals the other day because I have, so we have the altar in my living room. And then I just, I have crystals scattered, scattered all throughout my house. Like they're just all throughout my house. And um, he, I got some new ones about a, a month or two ago and um, they're sitting next to my bedside. They're on my bedside table and he gathered them up in his shirt. Like he was carrying them in his shirt, like a little, <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> and he brought them. I was in the kitchen. I was doing some cooking and he brought them out and he set them all out on the counter. And he was like, tell me what these are for. And he's five. And he was like testing my knowledge of the crystals. And he was so curious. He's like, he wants to know what their name is and what they do. And it made me realize like, even though I have this extensive collection of crystals, like there's just so many and it's so hard to remember their names and their properties and all of that. And so um, I had to bring my crystal book out and we were looking at it together and he's just so fascinated by it. And I love it. Yeah. It's really cool. I, I, I have the cards of, you know, of them all, but then I'm like, Oh, but which one is which like, I have to take pictures of them and, you know, like have you or Angela like identify what they are? Which one do you find yourself reaching for the most? This new, um, this uh, fluorite, mm. and then also my rose quartz, which I have since moved from my right wrist to my left wrist. Which mm-hmm. I was reading, you know, like what you were telling me, like the left is the intent, like what you want to bring into your life, right? Because it's closest to yeah. the heart. Like, so those intentions. And so I was like, oh, I naturally started putting it there. And then I read, I read that. And I was like, oh, that's what um, River was trying to tell me. Like that there's significance to what side of our body we wear them on. Yeah. Pretty fascinating. So yeah, it is really, I naturally one day just put it on my left and it was interesting because I I could kind of feel this, like, ah, this release of like, just calling love to, you know, calling love mm-hmm. into me. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, like we were talking about our readings and yeah. over like the last couple of years. And it's interesting when you really are learning a lot and want to like understand from the spiritual sense, because sure, we're doing therapy, which, which really creates our 3d sense, but the Mm -hmm. spiritual side, um, there's so much to learn within our, our own, like, and I'm, and I, and I know people can't see me, but like, I'm putting my hand sort of like around my face. Cause it's kind of like in like the spiritual essence, right? Like our aura and like what, what, like all these things we're learning within our growth, like spiritual Mm -hmm. growth and the, and uncovering and peeling back these layers of our earthly body in order to understand our 
core, our soul and, mm-hmm. and what feels right, what resonates. And then, and then if you're like, if you're like a me where I'm really love, I love digging in, whether it's somatic therapy or, or whether it's a spiritual reading to me, that's therapeutic as well. Yeah. Not to the point where I'm going to every corner psychic. Like, it's not about that. It's about the, and I'll, I'll kind of pull out something that you would probably say, like, it's really intentional and really, thinking it. <laughs> I know you are. And so it's just, you're very, like, you taught me that tarot, like, is you don't F around with tarot. Like, you don't just fucking pull out a deck and just willy nilly, just pull out a fucking card. Like, it needs to have some deep intention. And then from there, if you're pulling a card for yourself, that you're like in that space of intention, and then you're going to write it down so that you can then dig into it. And then you can understand because right now I'm finding this new layer. And I think we were talking about it the other day, but like that it's showing in our journals, whether, and I've since moved to the shadow journal, but I'm realizing mm-hmm. that I don't like going back and forth. So now I'm going to use my actual journal and then put like shadow journal work uh, in there ah, yeah. Yeah. so that I can kind of keep it all. Because the one thing that I think I really loved and learned for you, you're like, I love going back and looking at the patterns and you're, and I was like, wait, what? And so it kind of took yeah. my journaling because you literally are so good at teaching people about journaling. I don't I know it. if anybody realizes like it's a superpower then and and your prompts on Instagram, like if someone's not following you and they hear this, like they need to go and check out your, like I told Michelle the other day, um, like if you want to start dipping in, just go to River's page and just like pick a prompt like for yourself and just start from there. It's so funny because it's like I have, life coaches that I've worked with for myself who now reach out to me and they're like, I'm having a rough day. Can you send me some journaling prompts? <laughs> can you but it's, but it's or I need some journaling it. prompts for the people I'm working with? Like can you send me some or like I'm feeling this theme around this, you know, astro astrological stuff that's happening. Like can you send me some journaling prompts? And um journaling's been such a huge tool for me. And what you were just saying a minute ago about kind of keeping it all in the same space. I love that because I think people, a lot of people get really overwhelmed by trying to do different things in different writing spaces and keeping it all in one notebook is so helpful because you always know where it is and you can always go back to it um, versus going between like your shadow workbook and then your journal and then like say your list for the day and like all these different things you, and then for someone who's ADHD like me, like having different things in different places is not helpful. So my question to you around the whole journaling is I'm so fascinated because um, like Michelle brought up and, and and I know she won't hate me for saying any of this, but she just isn't really a journaler. Like when people say they're not a journaler, um, what does that mean? And why do people resist journaling? Because for me, it is the safest place that I can say anything that and it kind of and I get it out of my head and it's like it frees up that space other than like spinning in my brain. It just sort of like allows me to unload it. So why do people struggle with that? 
So I, I'm the same way as you. For me, my journal has always been my safe space. But I have found when working with people, and I, I recently taught a journaling course, um, and as I'm working with people, I'm hearing some of the common themes I'm hearing around why people are hesitant or uncomfortable approaching journaling is it's not a safe space for them. So these are people. Wait, wait, who wait. I got, I got to understand that more. Why? Yeah, I'm going to explain that. Oh, okay. Explain yeah. That. Okay. Go so, for it. Shut up. <laughs> so for example, I had someone recently that I was working with on journaling, um, explain to me that journaling didn't feel safe to them because as a child they would journal and then their parents or their siblings would always read their journal. Oh. And so it wasn't a safe space to share themselves because they couldn't guarantee that no one or that people wouldn't touch it mm. that was like a their their private space was being violated oh I just felt all this heaviness in my yeah. chest with that yeah. right now because I can't imagine how that would feel because I yeah. kept journals since I was little and I did hide them obviously because mm -hmm. it's you know, and I tell my daughter, like, if you're going to journal, just show me what your journal is. So I know not to touch it. Like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to come across it by accident. So keep it in a spot for yourself. And um, I promise I'm not going to like look at it unless you want to share something. I think as a parent, like this is how I am with my kids, because my my eight year old daughter, she already journals and she loves journaling. Um, both of my kids love writing. And, and I like want to cry right now books. thinking about people not feeling safe. I don't think person. there's ever a reason as a parent that you should ever invade your child's space, mm -hmm. their thoughts. I, and I know that there are people who probably disagree with me because there'll be parents who would be worried about their children who are maybe having mental health struggles or things like that. But I still think even in those situations, I don't think you ever should violate your child's private space without their consent. Um, because, and here's why, if you are someone who journals and journals frequently, that is the space you feel your safest to share your deepest thoughts and feelings. And if you wanted to share them with other people, you would. Totally. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I'm like, I'm tearing up because I know I see that. I know I'm just like I feel well I just feel really sad for anybody who but what who who has had to have that. I, and I know like my friends older siblings would be like, "Ooh, I have your journal here." And I remember the fear I think that I panic, saw panic and fear. Totally yeah. like please don't read that cuz there's probably stuff in there yeah. about them and it's okay. That's their safe space. But so the, so the number one reason I think is people haven't felt safe with journaling. Uh, yeah. And then number two, I think people who haven't journaled, who are thinking about approaching journaling. Yeah. Also worry about the safety. What if someone were to find it? What if someone were to read it? You know, like the safety issue. Um, and then third, the act of journaling is a very intimate self-relationship act. Mm. And um, people are uncomfortable sitting with themselves. Mm. They haven't been taught how to do it. Yeah. They haven't been taught how to listen to themselves. So if you're going to write down your feelings, what's going on inside of you, 
you are being asked in that space to sit with yourself. And that's deeply fucking uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm. They haven't been taught how to do it. And then they get in their heads about it. They get in their heads about the way they should be doing it. Like I have a friend who tries the journal, wants the journal, but they just get so in their head about, am I doing it the right way? That perfection mentality. Perfection mentality. And it's like, it's just a space for you to word vomit and say whatever the fuck you want to say. But some people get so caught up because their whole lives have been performative in that way of people pleasing, of doing things by the rules, by the book. And so they take that approach with journaling of it has to be, it has to be interacted with in a perfect way because what if someone does see it and they find out that you're not journaling the right way? <laughs> and there is, it, there is no right way. There is no right way. Journaling is unique for each person. Like you're, it's a relationship. Um, and you know, I've, I've told people who maybe writing is difficult. There are people who, for whom writing is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a good friend who is a poet who has difficulties focusing long enough to to write and so this person speaks their poetry into the notes on their phone and then that's how they publish it as well and so I tell people who are like looking at journaling and maybe are intimidated by the act of writing and it takes a long time they don't have the time to do that or whatever I tell them use your use your voice notes use your voice notes on your phone you know, use your voice memos. Like you don't have to sit and write, like create a space for yourself where you get to talk with yourself. That's all that journaling is. It's a space for you to talk with yourself. Um, I was just writing down Make a few, however you want. Yeah. I was writing down <laughs> a few notes, honestly, while you were, um, while you were in your dissertation there, but because it, well, no, I mean, I love when you, I mean, you're super passionate about it. And I really, <laughs> I really appreciate, no, I seriously appreciate it. I mean, because interestingly enough, I stopped journaling the last 10 years of my marriage. I think I just shut down. I think what you, what was resonating for me when you said that was we are having a hard time looking within. I was escaping myself and escaping Cause I knew the truth. Like I knew what was happening. You know, I knew that slow unraveling of what my life was and what I wanted it to be. But so when I got divorced, um, when, when it all kind of came, I started to write again and I started to journal again and I started to like get back into myself and, Um, I was listening to, uh, Liz Gilbert on, we can do hard things. Mm. Great episode. It was a two-parter really, really like poignant moment for me was when she was talking about how she starts her journal, her journal prompt was to say, dear one, what will you have me know today? Mm. And so she started that as a prompt and I was having a really challenging time. I, and I tried to like write it like her and try to, but I realized that's for her. That is purely what she needed. That's kind of like what I call about, like, um, it's sort of like a portal, like 
we find those prompts and they're kind of like this lovely little portal for what we need ourselves to know or what we're learning for ourselves in that in that moment, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day, whether you're right throughout the day, because there's just like a lot of processing going on. And so yeah. you come back to it because it's like a never ending dialogue, right? I found it and this song found me. It's called it's by Grace Gustad. Mm. And, he, and it's called Learning to Love Me. And when mm. I heard it, I bawled like the waterworks came through and I realized that's what I needed to know. I needed to learn how to love me again through journaling. And whenever I'm stuck, I will play that song and it literally opens up the portal again. Wow, it's, that's powerful. Yeah. It's so trippy. So yeah. I think your whole thing about like, there is no wrong way to journal. It's like, it's just finding what resonates for you and whether you need like, like the shadow book has been really interesting because it's not something I typically would journal about, but it's sort of forcing mm -hmm. me to dig a little deeper. It's not scary by any means when you approach it from a, I want to be the best fucking person I can be on this earth. And if I need and want to share more light through the podcast, uh, working on my Ted talk, working on the book that I'm writing, like if mm -hmm. I want to stand in my light, in my own light, in order to be light for others, we have to be light for ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because, <laughs> Um, I was talking with a friend the other night who called me pretty late and was like, I need, I need, um, just a safe space to talk, talk through some mm -hmm. things. And uh, we were, we spent, you know, like a good 30 minutes talking through some things. And at the end of it, my friend said, you know, I think you're going to be an amazing therapist, but I think it's because you've been through so many things that you understand what it feels like. And I think that you know, that's a common thing that you hear that like in order to be a good therapist or a good life coach, it's like you have to have had some kind of, you know, life experience. And I think that for those of us who have had a lot of intense life experiences, yeah. um, it's, it's been rough. Absolutely. But in the process of moving through it and healing it, we then become equipped to help others move through and heal the things mm -hmm. in their life. And so it serves a purpose. And if you can get to the other side of it, then you can turn around and hand, like hold out a hand to the people who are coming along behind you. Um, and, and if, and we, and we've said this from the get go, if, if one person listens to today's episode and decides to go to buy a journal, Amazon, go they're in target, they decide they're down the stationary aisle um, and they decide to buy a journal, buy a, a really cool pencil or pen that makes them just get excited to sit down. It mm -hmm. then, then, then we did our job today. Like I, that's just what, um, is important for us, I think. Um, and doing this is that sharing some of the things that have been really working for us because I wake up lighter every day. And I, I have heavy moments because growth 
is painful. And um, when you love so hard, you're going to feel all of it. When you want your child to be the best child, you know, that she can be at the moment or he can be, and you want them to have this beautiful, sweet life and, and, and you're trying to teach them through your misgivings, through your own, you know, childhood and not, you know, Mm -hmm. and not make the same mistakes. Not that my parents made mistakes. They just showed up with the tools they had. And guess what? We have more tools now. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you just want the best for everyone around you. It goes back to love. I saw a, a graphic the other day that said the greatest inheritance you can give your children are the tools to be a better human. And I think that just summarizes it so beautifully that, you know, yeah, we want the best for our children in every aspect of their life, but as long as they have the basic foundations and then the tools to get through life with emotional regulation, being kind, good humans and citizens of the world. I mean, really if if our children grow up to be kind human beings we've done a fucking good job as parents and on top of it our kids are so empathic and so caring for others for their i hear how she talks about her friends and you know we're out and about and she's thinking about her friends she's like hey um this gave me joy can i is it okay if i give it away to them or can we buy an extra one because i know my friend will really appreciate that or and it's just <laughs> so sweet when they're thinking about their little chosen family <laughs> at the moment you know and then you have my <laughs> my little my eight year old who actually when she was six years old and <laughs> first or uh, kindergarten <laughs> kindergarten yeah um, she came home one day and was we were in the car driving home from school and she was really quiet she goes mom I have to tell you the teacher's probably gonna message you and I was like oh why and she was like well um I kicked a boy in the nuts today oh, shit. <laughs> I was like. I was like, why did you kick a boy in the nuts today? And she was like, well, we are on the playground. And he told my very sweet friend that um, she was to, and it was a different words and it was a really terrible thing for this boy to say, but basically he called this girl fat and this girl cried. And my daughter was like, I had to stand up for my friend. So I kicked him in the nuts. I mean, how do you sit in that meeting? You're like- Fuck yeah. You're like giving pounds to, you know, you're giving pounds to her, but you're like, I understand. I'll talk to her about this going forward. Well, I just told her the same thing I told the teacher. I was like, you know, I am proud of you for standing up for your friend. However, we don't don't fight words with physical violence. That's right. Hands are (laughs) not made for. She's never physically done that again, but she does use her words to stand up for her friends all the time. Even at eight years old, she will call people out for things on the playground in the classroom. Um, She has had some arguments with her teachers because she calls them out on some things. (laughs) And I'm just proud of her for being so outspoken. Mm -hmm. We need more humans in the world who are going to use their voices to speak up for other people. Oh, God, isn't that... I mean, that just brings me back to 
all the pain that's going on across the globe right now. And if, if, if God, if these freaking politicians and generals could take the advice of an eight-year-old and Mm -hmm. use words instead of bombs and use words instead and sentences instead of guns. I mean, this world is, it's nuts right now. And then of course we're on the morning of the full moon, partial <laughs> lunar in Taurus. Hi Taurus. Um, <laughs> Scorpio cusps here. And uh, there's, a lot of feel, there's a lot of feels going on right now. It's a blood moon, full moon, partial lunar eclipse in Taurus in Scorpio season <laughs> and we're approaching Halloween and there's just so much heaviness going on right now there's a lot of cycles being highlighted as we can see you know across the globe like there are cycles oh, so- literally being called out and we're being asked to close those cycles so it's a two-year cycle so- mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, um, I, November of 2021, very clear in my mind because I was going to therapy to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. It was, it's so fascinating being in this space now and really having my soul sisters who are also spiritual soul family like that's a whole other level of soul family because you're all practicing you know in that in this whole space and so for me I was just trying to do what was the best for me I didn't realize or even understand all of these like patterns and cycles and and the fact that now as you know, every other video is like the lunar, you know, like the eclipse, the, the full moon and all this sort of stuff. And I'm going to a drum circle tonight and I'm going to literally manifest. Um, but first I'm going to say thank you to myself because I had no idea that I was at the beginning of a cycle that Mm -hmm. literally got me here where Two years later, like when you think about your life and Mm -hmm. what has gone on in two years, like divorced, um, let's see, divorce, moving, selling a house, like, I mean, all the things, it's nuts. Well, and so for anyone who's listening, he's not quite sure what we're talking about in terms like of a two-year cycle. So in November or early end of October, early November of 2021, there were a series of eclipses that started a astrological cycle that is closing today with this full moon in Taurus and a partial lunar eclipse. Um, and so it's been a two-year cycle, and the theme of this cycle has been shifting, releasing what no longer serves, um, moving um, from an old chapter of life to a new chapter of life, but like in a very big um to the bottom of the basement, the dark basement, pulling everything out of the corners, kind of shake you yeah. upside down kind of way. Yep. And um, I wasn't aware of that cycle hap- starting either in November, 2021. But it's so funny because here I'm approaching the two year anniversary on November 1st. Yep. 
November 1st is literally the day I was sitting in my living room after Halloween with my kids, November 1st, just having a chill, quiet morning trying to. And at the time, my spouse came into the living room and started a conflict. And I just looked at him and I said, we are done. Mm -hmm. Done. This is done. And I had said it many times before, but that day I meant it. And that started this whole two-year process for me. Then that very night, I, I went and slept in my photography studio. And here I am two years later, divorced. I have traveled so much. I published a book of poetry. Um, I have made so many two huge books, by the way. Two books. Uh, second book of poetry is coming out in the spring. So okay. technically one. But I yeah. have published journals that are being sold on Amazon. Yep. Um, I became a life coach. There is there's so much in my life that has shifted in such a massive way. And so for me, this full moon energy just feels like um a very heavy acknowledgement and celebration of releasing this two years of acknowledging this two years and what they've done for me and how I'm moving on to a new chapter now. So before we sort of close this out, what is this, what's this next phase now, now that we're both a little more present in all of this, we're going, are we going into another two year phase or is it a like, what's next? Well, I know for everybody's like, astrologically and mind you i'm not like an astrological expert right <laughs> by any means we need chris um, for that yeah exactly but everybody's chart is unique and so we all have cycles that we are going through based on our unique chart so you'd have to look at your chart and see and i'm going to recommend there's a app called the pattern that yep. will show you even in the free version of it um you and i both use it um, it will show you your astrological cycles that you have come out of, that you are currently in, that are coming up. So you kind of know what the energy of, like, say, the next three months of your life are going to be or the next two years of your life are going to be. So for me, I just started two new cycles, one of which is literally called abundance. And so it's basically I'm moving into a chapter of integrating everything that I've learned and moving forward as a new, more whole person mm -hmm. and welcoming in abundance in every area of my life. And I feel that very deeply. And um, the second one is relationship expansion. <laughs> and no surprise I there. Feel, I feel that coming too. I'm like, yeah. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know where, but I feel it coming. And like, that is going to be an expansive thing in my life when the relationship comes. So I know that that's coming. Um, so it's just fascinating to know kind of what you're more conscious of it. of it. Right. Yeah. But it's having a, having um, like a solid concept to apply to maybe the feelings, emotions, space that you're already feeling in your life and having a solid concept to apply to it. Yeah. I mean, it's not about reading your horoscope every morning and, and then like, and being disappointed that it didn't end up that way. That's not what it's all about at all. It's no. more about, I like, I like the pattern app for that reason, because I like looking at things in cycles because it is months that, and it, something may not be relevant in, in that week you read it, but when mm -hmm. you go back and it's like, it reminds you that you're closing that out. You're like, Whoa, that's like a whole journal prompt in itself. Right? Like, mm -hmm. it like is. Oh, look back at the last four months. And it's crazy how that shit syncs up with stuff. It's like, it that's really it really is pretty fascinating. But anyways, I hope I'm going to enjoy a drum circle tonight. I hope you 
um, have a great day too. And anything- I'm a little jealous that you're going to a drum circle because I love drum circles. <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll do some videos for sure so you can hear it. And <laughs> I might go live. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. So love you, friend. And thank you, you, as always, for making time for us here. And have a great, great day. Full moon day. You too, friends. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to subscribe and share because what do we say, baby? Sharing is caring.